Jack Flaherty makes his long-awaited return to the Cardinals rotation and looked impressive. How big is this for not only Jack, but the team and the fans? Sadly, the Cardinals' bats forgot to show up. We'll break down yesterday's game and preview tonight on today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffron. I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou, lifetime Cardinals fan, and I am your host for Locked on Cardinals, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. Follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast. Also available on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe and comment so you can interact with us. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. It's been a long time coming for not only the Cardinals, but for the fans to see that familiar number 22 back on the hill for the team. But it finally happened on Monday. Jack Flaherty was back pitching for the Cardinals, and this was the first start for Jack with the big club since June 26th due to that right shoulder issue that he was dealing with. And, uh, I'll be honest, I, I most certainly have been a pessimist about him ever making his return this season, and for good reason. If you remember, things hadn't gone so well the last time around. At the beginning of the year, Flaherty was placed on the I.L. with right shoulder issues. And to his credit, he stayed patient throughout a two-and-a-half-month process where he used a platelet-rich plasma injection, some rest, and strengthening exercises to calm the inflammation that was going on in his right shoulder. Now, things were progressing, but... Then the Cardinals and their former opening day starter unexpectedly deviated from the plan that they had put forth. And that was when uh, they announced that Flaherty was going to start on June 15th. It caught a lot of us by surprise. We're all like, wait a second. Why are we Why are we doing this? Why are, why are we cutting short the minor league portion of this and just going straight to the pros? Um, he was originally scheduled to make four rehab starts in the minor leagues before rejoining St. Louis. That plan changed. And Flaherty pitched well in two minor league starts. and. Repeatedly stressed that, according to reports, he repeatedly stressed that he was ready to return. So they trusted him. And perhaps feeling a bit desperate to get their ace back in the rotation, they activated him and gave him the start. And it didn't go well. At home against the Pirates, he lasted just three innings. Threw 60 pitches, gave up three runs on four hits. He walked two. He hit a guy. Struck out three. Cardinals lost that game 6-4. to four. June 21st in Milwaukee against the Brewers. Again, three innings. Two runs on three hits, one of those a home run, but he walked five. Had just one strikeout on 71 pitches. Cards ended up winning that game, though, 6-2. to two. June 26th, at home against the Cubs, he lasts just two innings, zero runs, one hit, two walks, two strikeouts. Throws just 49 pitches. I believe that day he was set to throw at least 80. And then he ended up leaving the game due to more shoulder stiffness, which obviously brought up the idea that his return to the team was a bit premature and that he had forced himself and the team had forced him up a little too early. Hindsight is always twenty twenty, but it's hard to argue against the results. He didn't look right. He didn't look ready. And for the injury to creep up on him again, just didn't help things out. But Flaherty was adamant that him throwing at the major league level and not in the minors wasn't the issue. He said this after the game, I wouldn't change anything. I felt great. We did everything the right way. I wouldn't really change anything. 
It's unfortunate what's happened, but we did everything right. We were honest with each other through the whole process, and everything felt great. I came out, didn't pitch well in the first two, but then on Sunday, I came out and pitching a lot better and executing way better in the first inning. I was finally getting in a groove, but I just didn't feel right or 100%. Again, this is Flaherty talking about his start back in June against the Cubs. This was after that. So I had genuinely written off Flaherty for the rest of the season because I didn't want the team to rely on the possibility of him returning as the reason to not go out and make other moves at the trade deadline. I mean, we've all heard teams use that phrase before saying, well, if we get so-and-so back, it's like trading for a top player. And we didn't want to hear that garbage, man. We wanted them to make a move because we didn't want them to just sit and pray that Jack Flaherty was going to be the answer. I didn't want to hear that excuse. And luckily for the fans of the team, Mo in the front office, they didn't do that. They didn't sit on their hands. They went and got the pitching they needed, despite the possibility that Flaherty could return. And it worked. Montgomery and Quintana have been great fits on this club. The team has taken off and blown past the Brewers into first place in the division. And it allowed the team to let Jack follow a plan to get him back to the team in September, which was the plan all along after they had shut him down after June. Now, I remain skeptical because the injuries he's dealt with the last couple of seasons. You had the oblique. You've had the shoulder twice. I wanted to play it safe. Still didn't want to get burned and hear from fans the, you know, I told you so, Jack, he's uh, injury prone and this and that. I didn't want to hear that stuff. So I remained skeptical, but Jack kept progressing. And with each start that he ended up feeling good. And after the chances of him, after all of these uh, uh, minor league stints, each one where he seemed to come out of it feeling well, chances of him making that return increased until finally it all came to fruition on Monday. Now, unfortunately, the Cardinals didn't win this game, but his positive performance and ability to come out of the game feeling healthy is the biggest storyline for the team. It's not the loss, okay? It's not. As much as it stinks losing to a team like the Washington Nationals, let's be honest, the bigger picture is more important that your rotation in these final weeks could now consist of Adam Wainwright, Jordan Montgomery, Miles Michaelis, Jose Quintana, and Jack Flaherty who, when healthy, has been considered one of the top young right-handed arms in the league. He was 9-2 and last season. And if you remember, and it seems like a million years ago, but if you remember, we were talking about him possibly starting the All-Star game for the National League at one point before the oblique injury got him. And as Cardinals fans, I, I get it. We've had the unfortunate moments where top prospects and top talents just didn't quite work out the way we thought they were or how we were told they were they would. Uh, Rick Ankiel comes to mind. Uh, was the next big thing and was well on his way. And he gets the yips, man. He gets the yips. Nobody can predict that. Couldn't throw strikes anymore. Then it was the late Oscar Tavares, who was considered the best hitting prospect in baseball before passing away tragically in a car accident during the World Series in 2014. Alex Reyes, considered the top right-handed prospect in baseball, has dealt with multiple injuries year in and year out that has derailed his career. Haven't even seen him this year. Last year, he was an all-star in the one full year that we got him, and he's gone again. And who knows if he's going to pitch again? I have no idea. Uh, we become pessimistic because of these things. And, um, you know, credit to Flaherty, who had said from the beginning that he would indeed pitch again this season. He had no doubts in his mind. And to see Flaherty make his return this season and not next year and look pretty good doing it, it had to make fans, management, teammates, and specifically Jack and his family and his friends feel pretty darn good. And they should. I saw Jack smile on the field yesterday for the first time, 
like ever. I don't know if I've ever seen Jack Flaherty smile on the field before because he's very mm, in the moment and uh, he's very serious out there, which is great. I like that he's got that that bulldog mentality, kind of like uh, Chris Carpenter did back in the day. But there was a moment in this game where he and Yachty both had big grins on their faces, and they should. It's a big deal to have Flaherty back in the fold, and hopefully he can remain healthy moving forward and help this ball club continue their push towards the playoffs. What we're going to do next, we'll break down uh, yesterday's game, and um, we're going to talk uh, about tonight's matchup as well. So we've got those coming your way because uh, yesterday's game – a lot of good stuff to talk about with Flaherty. The bats, eh, not so much. But uh, we'll get to all of that here on Locked on Cardinals. Now, as a guy who enjoys snacking almost more than an entire meal, like I genuinely could grab snacks and just do that all day instead of sitting down and having like a uh, four square, you know, a, a four portion squared meal. I'd rather just snack. It's more fun for me. And I know that the the things that you normally have lying around in the instances that you need a quick fix. Not usually good stuff for you, you know. They're not they're not great items. Usually, you know, very carbon sugar heavy items that do more damage than good for you and your body, which is why you need to get on board and do what I do and do the built bar puffs. All right. Now, if you haven't tried the built bar puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. They got a new flavor, it's right up my alley. I'm sure it's gonna be up yours. Indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to my and your new favorite cookie dough chunk puffs. They got a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All of the joys of eating cookie dough without having to put in the work and the hassle of making it, plus it's healthy for you. That's the kicker here. It's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. So run to Built.com, snag a box for you and the family. And like all Built Bars, the new Cookie Dough Chunk Puff is covered in 100% real chocolate, which means they're healthy and tasty, light, fluffy texture. So good, so good. You got to get them, man. What's great about Built, too, is that all of their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good, which is awesome, and is good for you. Double bonus right there. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff. Whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, uh, just need to grab a quick bite. Last night, wife and I watching movies, and instead of grabbing candy and stuff like that, cookie dough chunk puffs. You grab those, eat those with some popcorn. Okay, I know that's not the best thing for you, but it's better for you than what you normally would be grabbing to go along with your popcorn. So grab yourself a built Bar. Ditch the calories, the fat, and the sugar. They taste better than a candy bar. Right now, you can go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKEDON15, and you get 15% off your order. That's right. Saving you money. Use promo LOCKEDON15 today and get you some of that Built Bar love. So the Cardinals come into uh, Monday's game, riding a four-game winning streak. They just swept the Cubs. Albert hit 695. Yachty was swinging it well. Flaherty is back on the mound. All is right in the world, right? Uh, plus, you got the Washington Nationals in town. They've got the worst record in baseball. So this was going to be easy pickings, right? Well, somebody, and I don't know who it was, but somebody forgot to tell the Nationals because they didn't lay down at all. The jerks. In fact, they took it to the birds on Monday. How dare they? First inning was the Cardinals' big chance to score. Tyler O'Neill hits an absolute scorcher down the first baseline, beats it out of first base. Okay, not really. That's not what happened. It was a number. 
uh, barely made it past the pitcher, but got to the first baseman. And with his great speed, he outran the pitcher and the first baseman to the bag. But as they say, line drive in the scorebook, right? Doesn't say that it's a number of the scorebook, uh, but O'Neill gets on. Goldie Arenado, they walk, which brings in Albert Pujols with the bases loaded. And, you know, just watching it, you start getting excited, okay? there, There's a buzz in the ballpark. It doesn't matter if it's at Bush Stadium or at an away ballpark. Albert Pujols coming to the plate, there's a buzz right now. It reminds me of the McGuire times during his chase for the single-season home run record. The crowd, it all collectively rises, and the cameras and the phones come out, and the fans, you know, they're anticipating something historical. But again, the Nationals and their starter, Anibal Sanchez, did not get the memo that this game was not about them and was about the Cardinals doing fun things because he proceeded to strike out Albert. Sucked. Dickerson then flies to left and the inning ends. Runner stranded on all three bases. Kind of a bummer inning. But you're like, ooh, okay, that's just the first inning. This is going to happen a lot in this game. No problem. Top of three we go. C.J. Abrams leads off for the Nats and hits a sinking liner to center that O'Neill dives for. And in retrospect, I'm sure he'd probably wished he hadn't because it gets by him, goes to the wall for a leadoff triple. He went for it, okay? You're playing the Nationals. He's being aggressive. No score. Third inning. Nobody's on base. So I understand why he would die for that ball. I'm sure if he if you talk to him now, he'd be like, yeah, I should have played it back, made it a single, but whatever. I, it's okay. Uh, former Cardinal Lane Thomas hits next. He drives one down the line of right field, ends up taking a bounce, goes over the wall. It's ground rule double, makes it one to nothing Nationals. And you can hear on the telecast <laughs> that Flaherty was not happy whatsoever with his pitch placement on that double by Thomas. Uh, he yelled something like, like fart or truck or a combination of those two words, something like that. And uh, he said it almost immediately as Thomas connected. I thought I had to go back on the replay. It was like, did he say it right as he released the ball? That's how fast you could tell he was upset with that particular pitch. So, um, not happy at all, which Flaherty then kind of takes it to the next level. He strikes out the next three hitters consecutively to end the inning, but it's one to nothing Nats. Top of four, back-to-back leadoff singles for the Nationals, and Jack has to work out of trouble again, but he does, getting the next guy on a sack bunt, then a strikeout, then a lineout. Uh, that's when you saw Yachty and him smile on the on the ball field, which was something you don't ever see. You never see Flaherty smiling out there, which was good. Uh, top of five, Flaherty works out of trouble again. He hits Thomas to lead off the inning, then a strikeout, a single, two flyouts, and that ends up wrapping up his day. His final line, five innings, one run, six hits, one hit by pitch, one walk, six strikeouts, a solid outing for sure. And after the game, Ollie had this to say, uh, Jack was encouraging. I thought he did a nice job. It looked good. It was promising. The fastball played. The velo was there. The shape of the other stuff was also there. The command was in and out, but it's only going to improve from here. Flaherty did have runners on in all five innings, but he was able to wiggle out of almost all of it after the game. Flaherty said, the name of the game is making adjustments. I put myself into some bad counts there and really had to make pitches. Kind of made everything harder, but being able to make those adjustments pitch to pitch is really important. Paul Goldschmidt, who never speaks, even chimed in on Jack saying, he looked great out there. Glad he's healthy, and hopefully that'll continue. It's going to take all of us to accomplish any goals we have, and we're going to need everyone. 16 of Flaherty's 91 pitches on Monday reached 95 miles per hour or faster. Five hit 96 plus uh, against former Cardinal and old friend Luke Voigt in the first inning. Flaherty fired a four-seamer at 97.1 miles per hour. 
That was the fastest pitch that he's thrown in the major league since May of 2021. Sadly, the Cardinals didn't get anything going offensively the rest of the game. They mustered just two more hits after the first inning and finished with three on the day. Three total hits. Uh, in fact, they only had one at bat after the first inning with a runner even on second base. That's how boring this one was. Uh, the Nats got some fortunate soft contact hits against Andre Pallante, who had his worst outing of the year. He retired only one of six hitters that he faced. He gave up four hits, walked in a run. Chris Stratton came in, allowed two inherited runs to score after relieving Pallante with the bases loaded. Thompson, Zach Thompson, throws a, a shutout inning. James Nail gave up a solo shot in his two innings of work, but the Cardinals get blank six to nothing. Again, you are not going to win a lot of baseball games when you don't score any runs. So just not their day. And I found some goofy stats here too. Check this out. The loss now leaves the Cardinals 0-3 on Labor Day against the Nationals. 0-3. St. Louis lost 4-1 to at RFK Stadium in 2006. They dropped a 4-3 contest in 10 in innings at uh, Nationals Park in 2018, which, ironically, was started by Jack Flaherty as well. So that's just odd. 0-3 against them on uh, Labor Day. So maybe we shouldn't schedule <laughs> Washington on Labor Day anymore moving forward. I don't know who's in charge of that, but let's stop it. Uh, despite being 23 games over 500 for the season, the Cardinals are now just 14 and 17 against the NL East. Their only winning record is against the Marlins, who they're four and two against. They're now 500 against the Nationals and have losing records against the Braves, the Mets, and the Phillies, who are all playoff teams. So it would make sense that uh, the record would be a little bit lower against those guys. Now, um, to make room for Flaherty, the team did make some transactions. First, they optioned right-handed pitcher Dakota Hudson to AAA Memphis so he can continue to work on things down there. He'll get the start at Memphis today on Tuesday, uh, the 6th, and is in line to start one of the doubleheader games against the Reds on September the 17th. So they're not, like, aborting anything with Dakota Hudson. They're not, they're not punishing him. It's nothing like that. They want him to continue to work on his stuff, and Instead of doing it at the major league level where it's the best of the best hitters in the world, uh, you go down to Memphis and you work on it down there. Because if you lose a game in Memphis, so what? It's no big deal. You lose games up here, you're costing, you know, a chance to go to the playoffs and whatnot. And, you know, Dakota, it's not just the mechanics and stuff like that. Dakota could probably use uh, a bit of a um, confidence boost. Let's put it that way. Uh, he could use a couple of good outings to make him feel better about himself. Okay. It, it works wonders. Trust me. So um, he'll be, he'll be down at Memphis and starting uh, today. Uh, they also designated right-handed pitcher, junior Fernandez for assignment. Now Fernandez appeared in 13 games of relief for the Cardinals. And when he first came up, he looked great. Remember we were all like, Whoa, where, where's this guy been? We, we, we need him. We need more of this guy. And then things started to taper out. He went, Oh, and Oh, at a 2.93 ERA while he was up with the Cardinals for those games. But for a while there, uh, he had that zero ERA, and it was, I don't know, it was kind of a mirage of how he, he continued to have the ERA be zero. Uh, he goes down to Memphis, just one and three, 5.45 ERA there. Uh, his last seven games, though, have been pretty bad. Five and a third inning, a lot of five runs on 14 hits. He walks six with five strikeouts. That's an ERA of 8.44 and a whip of 3.75. Ooh. So you can see why they DFA'd him. Somebody will grab him. He's got a really good arm. Uh, we know that about him. If they can figure out how to just, just bring it all together for Junior Fernandez, he could be a good player. 
but um, doesn't look like it's going to happen with the Cardinals. Uh, game two of this four-game series will be tonight at Bush Stadium with left-hander Jose Quintana on the bump against Paolo Espino. Quintana has two no decisions against the Nats this season, both while pitching with Pittsburgh and has just one win since joining the Cardinals, but it's not really his fault. He's pitched pretty well, allowed no more than two earned runs in each game that he's pitched with St. Louis. So kind of some bad luck there. Uh, Espino faced the Cardinals back on July 30th. He got a no decision after throwing just four and two thirds. He allowed four runs on seven hits. Uh, two of those hits home runs to Arnato and DeYoung. The Nationals ended up coming back on the Cardinals in that game and beat them seven to six. And ironically, I was going through the box score on this one just out of curiosity. And uh, only one pitcher, one pitcher remains on the roster from that game. Dakota Hudson got the start. He's down at Memphis. Then it was Packing Naughton down at Memphis. Henesis Cabrera down at Memphis. Jordan Hicks, who's still with the Cardinals. And Johanna Oviedo, who got traded to Pittsburgh for Jose Quintana. Cabrera got the blown save in that one and the loss. And uh, speaking of Jordan Hicks, happy 26th birthday, Jordan Hicks. So uh, if you want to wish him happy birthday on Twitter, I'm sure he would appreciate that. But uh, tonight's game first pitch was set for 645 St. Louis time. And it's going to be Billiken's night at the ballpark with slew alumni on hand and a hat giveaway in case you're uh, headed to the game tonight. So uh, it looks kind of kind of sweet on there. You know, it's got that, you know, the slew blue colors on there and the gray. It looks nice. I, I, I would rock that. Uh, thanks again for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, go check out the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022, an eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. The local team experts of the Locked on Podcast Network, plus a betting angle from Lee Sterling of Locked on Bets, all combining into one Ultimate NFL Preview Search for Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. As always, be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. Uh, we'll have the game on tonight, and we'll do some live tweeting this evening. If you guys are up for it, I, I would love to do that. I love being able to interact with you guys during the telecast and during the game so that we can go back and forth and you know just be like fans at the ballpark. You know, we'll cook up some hot dogs, have some some built bar puffs and uh, have ourselves a, a grand old time tonight. And hopefully uh, another Cardinal victory. You know, they've been having these duds against these below average teams and, you know, guys like the Reds and the Cubs. And now you get one against the Nationals. So this is back to back games, really, where there wasn't a lot of offense. Usually the third game after something like this happens where the Cardinals offense kind of disappears, they go crazy. So. We'll see if it happens again tonight. You're the best fans in baseball for a reason, and I'll see you next time right here on Locked on Cardinals. <laughs>